This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to episode 47 of Tales of Tamriel. I am Agelos, your host, and with me as always, she who came from the frigid air of Skyrim, Thais. How are you today? Still kind of frigid, but good. Still kind of frigid? Mm -hmm. You're out taking a walk? Yes, yes. You and were, it was very cold. You were bundled up pretty tight. Mm-hmm. Let's see, I wear like two pairs of pants, like three pairs of socks, and four hoodies, and two scarves. Yeah. Ah, scarves, huh? Must be nice to have a scarf. You could always borrow one of my scarves. No, you promised me you would make me a scarf at the beginning of our relationship. I was like five years ago. Yeah. Oh, we have not been together for that long. We've been together for very close to that. Have we? It's we. Yeah, we've been married for coming up on two years. We were together oh for a year and a half before we... It's been that long already. We were engaged for a year, so yeah, we're coming up on, on five, I guess. It's getting around <laughs> there. And you promised me a scarf. I did. I yeah. did, but then you brought you, home... You started it. You brought home more kitties, so I had to dismantle your scarf to make cat toys. Nice. Yeah, because you had, like, a foot, and then all of a sudden you just unraveled it all to make cat toys. <sighs> I'm, I'm never getting a scarf. Anyway, also joining us, the man uh, with not enough champion points to go around. Delty of Delty's Gaming. How are you today, good sir? It's a good day to be alive. So, not enough champion points for you, right? Oh, man. Don't get me started on that. <laughs> I, I need my alts, man. Give me my, my champion alts. points. No, nope, none for you. Ah, boo. Well, 30 for you, but that's it. 30. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Do we have an exciting show for you? Oh, my goodness. This has to have been one of the most exciting shows that we, I think we've ever prepared for. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, this week, we were treated to an interview with ZeniMax employee and gameplay uh, designer joe blackburn to talk about update six and all of its goodness and ah uh, wow i'm so excited for you guys to listen to it we're just, we're gonna go ahead and roll right into that interview all right this is a special recording for episode 47 of tales of tamriel i am Ajelos, your host and with me thais how are you i'm good great excellent and deltia how are you today good sir good day to be alive and we have a special guest today from Zenimax. Yeah, Mr. Joe Blackburn. How are you today, good sir? Great. How are you guys? Well, fantastic, because we're on the line with you. We're super excited. Yay! And I, the worst part is I have the video up so people can see me squealing like a girl. It's going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> so first off, before we really begin, um, can you tell us about who you are and what your role at ZeniMax is? So uh, my role at ZeniMax is I'm a, I'm a gameplay designer, and my main focus is uh, on converting everything right now for our big Epic 6 and making sure all the abilities are balanced and fun to use. Excellent, excellent. Uh, good MMOs always having abilities that are responsive and actually fun to play with. Definitely. 
All right, so we uh, we gathered a couple questions that we're going to interview Mr. Mr. Blackburn here, and hopefully, hopefully he can answer as many as possible. He likes to go by Professor Blackburn, actually. I, I was going to call him Lord Blackthorn earlier. Like, this is just a note if you've not seen uh, oh, Sherlock, Holmes. Sherlock Holmes. I was like, oh, please don't let me call him Lord Blackthorn. Please don't let me call him Lord Blackthorn. But that's that's what's going to happen. All right. Well, first off, we're going to go down the line. We have a list of questions. We'll each take turns, and you can answer to the best of your ability. We're going to start off with, I guess, classes that are changing in Update 6. Now... I'm taking this first one because it's about my Templar, and I love my Templar. Um, so compared to other classes, I feel, and I think other people feel this, the same, that resource management is a bit weak for Templars. Unlike some of the other classes that get a good bit of reductions to skill costs via passives or when they use active abilities, you know, see Dragon Knight Standard, for instance, um... But the only real resource return is through the restoring spirit passive, which is like reduces cost by like four percent. Are there any plans to change this or new ways to regain resources for Templars? Uh, for sure. Uh, one of the things we're we're really doing in uh, update six is the uh, the removal of soft caps when we go to champion system. Mm-hmm. So things like Magicka Recovery and Max Magicka are all stackable to your heart's content. Um, and then we have a bunch of ways that you can, as your class, get some new new Magicka new Recovery, specifically in some of the Templar lines. Uh, we looked at some of those values and said, oh, this might not quite be high enough, or they might not be scaling properly. And I think Templars are generally going to be happy with where their Magicka is at in a big six. Excellent. Another Templar question. Other classes are becoming more and more balanced, but Templar still lacks fairly heavily in the DPS department. What changes do you have in store to change that? Sure, so I think we've said this uh, a lot before. Uh, one of our really big goals for Update 6 is that no matter what class you pick, you feel like you can be a competent tank, DPS, or healer. And Templar has always been strong in the heels, and they've got pretty good tanking capabilities, but have always sort of lacked in the DPS uh, standpoint. So I think we're, we're approaching this from two ways. Uh, for physical DPS, uh, we've converted a number of morphs for skills to scale off stamina and weapon power. So if you want to be a, a dual-wheel Templar, you can take something like Biting Jabs and go in there, and it'll scale off all your stats that you're already investing into. Um, and then uh, for our Magicka friends, uh, Dawn's Wrath just needed a lot of love. Um, there were some abilities in there that just weren't quite cutting it uh, compared to compared to the other weapon lines like Dester Staff and then some things that Dragonites had to offer that sort of Templar couldn't keep up with. Um, so you're going to see some... Uh, some changes to abilities. Uh, you'll also see some uh, some brand new abilities that are in place of abilities that we just thought uh, weren't very strong in Update Five. Uh, so yeah, I think I think Templar Templar should be very excited. Uh, we've got a lot coming down the pipe for you, and it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a whole new experience. You just made me incredibly happy. Just so you know, <laughs> like I'm just gonna hug this mud crab. Yay! All right, Delta, you got the next question. Yeah, I'm going to go on my class. Now, 
we had talked before, you know, I, I play all classes VR 14 with every one of them. So I kind of see, you know, the angles on what's really positive and negative. And my main is Dragonite Deltia tank. So I think my Dragonite is a little bit overpowered in a couple of respects, specifically resources and reflective scales and PVP. I think you guys know that's a problem. Is And I know that your premise when changing classes is not to nerf things down, but to kind of bring everything up. So my question is kind of twofold. Do you have plans on changing reflective scales? And what are the overall class changes going to look like for the Dragonite? Is it kind of staying the same? Because I think it's a good point right now. Um, so yeah, there's, there are a few things uh, that we, we really weren't happy with with the Dragonite in terms of, uh, of their sheer power. Uh, we do like to bring almost everything up when we can. Uh, but as you touch, things like reflective scales uh, were just a little out of whack. And we didn't want everyone having something that was equivalent to reflective scales. Uh, that would make Cyrodiil and some of our harder PvE content just a little bit trivial. Uh, so I think we've talked about this in the forums, but uh, a big reflective scale change coming in is a cap on the amount of reflex that you can do hmm. during a period of time. Uh, so if you are getting absolutely bombarded in Cyrodiil, you are not going to be reflecting 20 projectiles. Uh, there's going to be a limit there on the exact amount of projectiles you can reflect. Uh, okay. Another big one uh, for Dragonites was Dragonite Standard is great. Uh, everyone loves like playing down the standard and being awesome for a long time, uh, but we felt it was just a little too cheap uh, compared to other ultimates that are able to perform for that same role. So uh, the cost of Dragonite Standard is going to go up a little bit. Uh, but we also felt like Dragonite had some some abilities that weren't really uh, interesting and they weren't shining as well as they could have. Uh, we felt like uh, Molten Weapons was really this thing that you put on your yeah. and you sort of used it every minute and you forgot about it. Um, and so we've made Molten Weapons a lot more active in Epic Ticks. Uh, so it's hmm. something that you want to use uh, for more of a short duration window and you get to see its uh, benefits uh, right up there in your face. Well, speaking of uh, Ignis Weapons or the other Obsidian Weapons or whatever, uh, now... I had heard some information about morphs changing, kind of being based on stamina and or magicka, kind of you can pick, maybe split. Are you, have you thought about changing the morphs to maybe it increases spell power or this morph increases weapon damage? Have you talked about that at all? Uh, for sure. Uh, so we, we, have, uh, we have an interesting challenge in a big six uh, with removing stat caps. Uh, one thing we, we really didn't want to happen was this sort of explosion where everyone felt like they had to put four abilities in their bar that all buffed the same stat and then one primary attack. Uh, so what we've done in Epic Six is we've sort of grouped buffs together. Uh, if you have a, an ability that really increases your attack power, uh, we call this uh, like major brutality. And so this will give you that specific buff and there may be a couple of abilities that give you that buff. So you don't want to put all of them on your bar because you'd just be replacing that buff constantly. Huh. And so after we did that, we went and threw in specific abilities and say, okay, you're going to give this really great uh, attack power buff, whereas this other morph may give this really powerful spell uh, spell power buff or spell critical buff. And so uh, a lot of the ways you're going to build your bar is by figuring out which one of these buffs do you want to run with and sort of how can you make that, uh, that class exactly the way you want to. Wow. That is awesome. <laughs> that is cool. What'd you call it again? Brutality? Uh, yeah, so so we have a bunch of different names for, for all these buffs. Uh, and you'll see them in the tooltip. You'll see like, oh, spiked armor is going to give you 
major resolve and major war, and that increases your armor and increases your spell resistance. And so you know when you see another ability that gives you those buffs, you're like, oh, I don't have to use that ability. I've already got one ability that does this for me. Huh. Wow. That's a great change. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, guess we'll talk about Nightblades real quick. So, plans for stealth. As of right now, stealth on Nightblade seems rather, I put in quotes, useless. Um, as a potion of invisibility seems to be the preferred choice for stealth, since if you sneeze in the direction of a stealth Nightblade, it just breaks stealth. Are there any plans to make stealth for Nightblades a little bit more robust? Any changes to it? And I know this will come in with the justice system later changes to stealth as a whole. I think that was talked about. Um, so, so one of our big uh, issues with Nightblade stealth is I, I think the real ability people are talking about here is Shadow Cloak. Uh, what happens when you brush Shadow Cloak? Uh, we are constantly uh, and have been over the past uh, couple months with this update, been looking into bugs and ways that can remove your Shadow Cloak when you're not supposed to be removed from Shadow Cloak. Uh, we want that ability to feel like it is a potential escape or it is something where you can just drop out of this ability real quick and get a stealth attack off. Uh, the concern there is that ability also has uh, the potential to swing to be probably the best ability in the game. If it if it does everything that people sort of want it to do, where you'd be completely invisible and completely untargetable, and you'd be able to press it and just be any point, I'm invisible, and doing stealth attacks on me. So it's, it's a very tricky uh, balance point there with Nightblades, uh, but we do understand that you want to play that stealth archetype, and you want to feel like I'm the guy that really specializes in getting in and out of stealth and being a sneaky guy. And we uh, we are constantly aware of that. And we are definitely making some changes to specifically Shadow Cloak so it, it works better and you feel like, oh, I, I really am a stealth. Mm -hmm. uh, just getting brought out immediately. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think all of us would agree that if it was a perma stealth, no way to break it, it would be a little overpowered. It's just as of now, especially with bugs and stuff, it seems like using it, it just disappears, you know, you disappear for half a second. You don't even get the move before it's gone again. So There are a lot of conditions right now that are, are probably bringing you out of uh, a shadow cloak before it wanted to. So we are, uh, we are looking into those, and we, we hope we've got most of them fixed for our big tips. Excellent. Now it's my turn. We get to talk about my class. Although there was only one major thing that, that really stuck out to me is, is, is a problem that, that I feel needs to be addressed, and that is the pet class for the sorcerer. And how that needs to be changed and if there are any plans to change it and if there will be any changes to the ultimate. Uh, so one thing we really recognized when we went into the pilot classes was we had these pets in Sorcerer, but no one really felt like they were useful. They, they weren't making a meaningful contribution to your damage. They weren't maybe quite as tanky as you wanted them to be. They were all sort of falling over in PvE situations. Uh, so I think Two of the big changes that we've made are, A, uh, pets just do more damage, and B, pets take a lot less damage from enemies. So if your pet isn't smart enough to move out of the fire, he'll be okay, or she'll be okay shooting those lightning bolts from far away. Uh, the other thing we wanted to do is really add some interesting uh, synergy with your pets. Uh, so in update six, there's a new morph of Daedric Curse called Daedric Prey. And what this does is you put it on a target, and that target takes increased damage from your pets. It has really great synergy with the uh, the morph uh, conjure ward, where you put wards on your pets and they do more damage. 
Um, we are seeing uh, right now great success uh, with pet builds. Uh, actually, internally, they are way too powerful right now. Uh, so we are monitoring that, but we definitely want by the time update six to come out that you can feel like I can play the pet person. I can I can have these buddies walking around the battlefield, destroying people. Okay. Wow, sorcerers. I'm so excited. That means I can use Pookie again. No, Pookie. Can we change the singing? No, no, the singing has to stay. <laughs> All right. Um, I guess we'll move into skill lines now. Uh, some questions. Delty, I think you want to grab that one of those. Yeah, sure. Um, but before that, you know, as a mid-maxer, is there any plans to basically have like a training or a test dummy? Because right now, basically as a guild, we have to go to Spindle Clutch and fight the Gargoyle for, you know, 60 seconds to get a good parse. Or have you looked into any way to make it so mid-maxers can really test DPS accurately? Uh, it's something that, that we're always concerned about. I know I, I we see videos sometimes of people uh, claiming they have this crazy build that does all this damage, and they demonstrate it by shooting a giant in the rift or something. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm not sure that's quite a valid test. Um, we've got a lot on our plate right now, but it's definitely something we are looking into. Uh, okay, cool. Um, so one close to my heart is Werewolf, and... I think I gave a bit of negative feedback in the past before the changes came out. And right now, I think Werewolf is a little bit too overpowered. You really, all my characters are Werewolf because I don't use them to transform and I just get a 15% damage or a stamina bonus. So I'm not really taking the benefit. So my question is, are you looking into revamping Werewolf and or Vampire? Are you thinking they're in good places right now? Um, I, I think we're... We're relatively happy with the overall skills and abilities both those lines have. Uh, I think it's with those specifically, they just need some number tweaks. Uh, the uh, the werewolf passives specifically that you just get for having the ultimate slotted uh, feel a lot like uh, another flawless dawnbringer where you're you're not really using the ult for its power, you're using it for right. the benefits that it has. Uh, and so that's something we're definitely aware of and looking into. Uh, we want players uh, that go into Werewolf to do it because they want to be a Werewolf and not because it just lets them be a better uh, human than everyone else. <laughs> okay. Well, that's why I use it, because I'm going to try to find anything to make my character better. Sure. I totally understand where you're coming from. All right, cool. Um, I, I know we had a question about finishers for all classes. It seems like certain classes have skills that just work as I guess what finishers or execution skills um, but not all of them like specifically Templar I mean biting jabs gives you 70% extra but extra crit yeah Dra does Dragonite have it I don't think they do either do they of course not we need a buff we need like a <laughs> we need a 50% <laughs> are there plans to add some sort of executability I guess I should say for all classes uh, for sure, uh, the two classes you talked about specifically, uh, there is a morph of the new molten weapons uh, that allows you to do more damage to enemies that have low health. Oh, you! Yeah. Nice. <laughs> a good uh, burst there. And then Templars are getting a completely new skill uh, in the Dawn's Wrath line that is a sort of beam-style execute. Oh. Whoa! Yay! Wow! And uh, beat some people to death. 
<laughs> That's sick. I feel like this is just a perfect drop mic moment and walk off stage <laughs> just because. We've got a lot more questions. Come on, keep it going. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Okay, okay. Um, are there any plans for weapon skill ultimates? Uh, we are uh, internally and externally, but we know there is a huge desire uh, for weapon ultimates. Uh, it is something we are always interested in. Uh, I would not expect them with 1.6, uh, but yes, it is, it is something we are looking at and looking at how we can get those for the game because we know people want to be able to play that more martial guy that is less magic-y, and a lot of our ultimates right now feel they're very high magic, and you maybe want to play the guy with the axe. I have so many ideas for, like, sorcerer ultimates for, for like, the staff. Oh. Nice. Um... I'm going to ask my question now. Sure. I, I think we missed the top bullet, but yeah, you know, I, I like the, that the performance game and the alchemy tree medicinal use, which basically increases the duration of potions by three seconds. Are you planning to make crafting more beneficial for your character specifically in terms of performance? Uh, so medicinal use is a, is an extremely interesting passive. Uh, I, I think we like, we like players to go into crafting because they like crafting and medicinal use is, is sort of an outlier there where it, it feels like it is the only thing in crafting right now where you want to go get it for combat performance. Uh, we don't have any plans to change that right now, uh, but I would expect uh, eventually for us to, to evaluate those other lines and, and say, do these need something for combat or do we just uh, do not desire to have this uh, sort of combat perk in crafting? Uh, because right now it is, yeah, it is, it is the one line where people feel like, oh, I'm, I'm getting some kind of benefit out of this crafting thing uh, compared to all of the others which don't have anything like that. Okay. All right. Cool. Um, I did. I did. We did miss our top bullet, but I kind of want to save that for the end so you can use that to kind of wrap up this section because I think it will be a little better for that. Um, any plans for an undaunted type ultimate? Are you sticking with the plain active skills kind of deal? Um, uh, that is exactly where we are with weapon ultimates too. Uh, we do feel like, especially now in some of our higher end content, those ABA ultimates that come out and they feel really powerful, and some people feel like they have to go do uh, maybe content that they don't enjoy to be able to succeed at the content they do enjoy. Uh, so we, we definitely think there's there's a gap there where we could potentially have a, a really cool undaunted ultimate that really helps you in that sort of dungeon PVE content. Okay, yeah, it makes sense. Are there going to be are there going to be any changes to the class line ultimates? Uh, sure. Uh, it, it, that was a huge part of our balance there. Uh, I think you can see some of that. In uh, we made one ultimate change in update five, which was to uh, to Deathstroke, uh, which sort of used to be a more clunky ability that you could use for high bursts in PvP, but but more than often was, was this weird thing where you didn't know how much ultimate you had and you were pressing it and you, you, you had an add-on to see how much damage you were going to do. And we sort of retooled that and said, let's, let's make this an ability where you want to use it every time it's up. And uh, we evaluated every ability in the game uh, for this update. So there was not one ability that we did not sit down and talk about and say, is this where it needs to be? Um, and so all the ultimates got hit. Uh, I think specifically uh, when we're talking about uh, pet builds and sword builds, uh, the Atronach uh, had maybe one of the worst synergies in the game. 
where it comes up there and it asks you if you want to power up the Atronach and you never want to press it, but you always accidentally end up pressing it. And you're, then you die. You're shooting like <laughs> this Atronach. Uh, so in update six, uh, that synergy still exists, but it is instant and it buffs not only the Atronach's damage, but your damage. So we see people running over to the Atronach now. So that means not only will Pookie be better, but so will Sparky Paul. Sparky Paul will be better. I'm so excited. <sighs> Dear. Yeah, one last one for me is, um, you know, I think you had mentioned somewhere before that right now, to me, it feels like the, the last straw for stamina's to be, stamina builds to be in line uh, is the squishiness factor. You know, whereas heavy armor, you really feel the benefit and the defensive gain, where light armor is almost more defensive due to the spell resistance and the self-healing that I can have. Like my Nightblade, I can run in there and sap essence, funnel health all day, you're not going to kill me. Where my medium build, I really have to be sneaky. Have you thought about tuning that, or what's the plans with that? Uh, so another really big change uh, that we're making in 1.6 is uh, the way the armor and spell resistance work. Uh, so when we have a system with soft caps in 1.5, uh, there are a lot of really easy ways, no matter what armor type you are wearing, that you can crank those values up so you're getting maximum benefit from them. Um, and now your armor value is a lot more derived off the actual armor that you're wearing. Huh. And also, uh, coupled with this, uh, your armor now not only gives you armor, it gives you armor and spell resistance. So if you are wearing light armor, you get a small amount of armor and you get a small amount of spell resistance. And you still have that passive and light armor that gives you a little bit more spell resistance. But if you are in medium armor, you get more armor and more spell resistance. And if you are in heavy armor, you get the most armor and the most spell resistance. So it seems logical now as far as yes. what you wear. Okay, cool. So uh, we also have a, a pretty cool uh, ability in dual wield uh, that allows you to take less damage from area effect attacks. Uh, wow. Wow. Uh, some AOEs, uh, you can pop that and feel a little bit more tanky for a little while. Okay, well, I got to level up my dual wield now. <laughs> yeah, I, maybe I should too. Then I, then I won't worry about standing in red circles that often. Oh, be okay. God, yeah. Wait, can you give the two hander? Because I have to deal with this guy on the PCS <laughs> and like heal him through red circles type thing. <sighs> red circles <laughs> are great. <laughs> So I now have a Zenimax crush, and it's definitely Joe Blackburn, because now that we can see him, he's absolutely adorable. There you go. From <laughs> the East herself. He's so cute. Oh, my God. Oh my. Well, well, she's lost for the rest of this. Oh, I'm gone now. I can't yeah. ask any more questions. Done. Done. Nope. Just ruined the whole thing. Yep. All right. Um, here's, here's a fun one. Since you did talk about that, could you give us maybe a little preview of... Sure. Any changes to the Fighters Guild Mages Guild? Because it really feels like, let, let's face it, there's like two skills from Fighters Guild that people use. Flawless Dawnbreaker and Evil Hunter if there's Daedra. That's it. No, nothing else. It's not worth it. Um, and Mages Guild is pretty much... Mage Light. Mage Light. Yeah. That's... That runes too. People love that rune popping things up over and over. Yeah. If you need some CC, you got some... Yeah. No one touches Meteor. I, I look at people who put Meteor on the bar, I'm like, no. Uh, so yeah, we, we evaluated those lines just like the rest. Um, I think earlier we talked about sort of these buff categories that are going in. Mm -hmm. uh, we put a lot of buffs into both those lines. Uh, so things like Entropy and uh, Evil Hunter uh, sort of have 
new ways they can interact with your builds. And then we looked at a bunch of abilities and said, how can I want to use circular protection when there's not danger around? Is there is there a spot for that? And they said, yes. Um, and so there's there's cool ways you can bring these abilities in and use them like you haven't used them before. And then uh, specifically talking about Meteor, like that, that got a pass just like all the rest of the Ultimates. And so we're seeing a lot of Shooting Star right now. Uh, and and it feels like a really cool ultimate that sort of has its own niche in the game. Okay, hmm. cool. I mean, definitely, it was so it was a shame when you look at those and go, these abilities seem so cool, but you're like, no, no, they're just not yeah, worth it. When they're used against you in Wave Eight, it's not fun either. <laughs> nice. Uh, part of our, our class ultimates feel like you have to be real up close and personal. So things like uh, Meteor and then uh, Soul Strike. Uh, we, we wanted to make sure those were, which were valid options uh, if you wanted to play sort of like a bow knight blade and you needed an ultimate that you could use from range. Uh, so, yeah, these, they're feeling pretty good. Uh, another big change uh, we made along with ultimates was the ability to uh, crit based off of your highest either physical crit or spell crit. So uh, a couple patches ago, we added the ability that they would scale based off if you were a magic user or a stamina user, which one the higher stat was, but they were still critting. Mm. Uh, now, if your physical crit is higher, they will say, no, 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 let's use this physical crit, and let's get some huge meteor dropping on people's heads. <laughs> nice. Nice. Okay. Um, now, now, Delta, you had one in here for weapon power slash spell power. Uh, he just answered it with okay. regards, because, uh, you know, right okay. right now, specifically Nightblades, you know, Killer's Blade or whatever might scale off of spell crit, but use weapon damage. And mm -hmm. I... I you just answered that you're retooling that, so it Good. can kind of fall in line. Oh yeah. So uh, one of the one of the big changes here is uh, currently uh, the way your your abilities crit is a little uh, obtuse to the players. It's hard for them to tell uh, how does this thing scale, uh, what's it getting its damage values from, and and the biggest change we've made is if you look at an ability and it costs stamina, that is going to scale off your max stamina, your weapon damage, and is going to crit based off physical crit. And if it costs magicka, then it is going to scale off your spell power, your max magicka, and your spell crit every time. So you can look at an ability and say, I know exactly what stats I want to invest into to make the most out of this ability. Cool. Okay. Excellent. Uh, I think that'll wrap up these skill questions. Now, I know we said we could talk a little bit about things that are changing in 1.6. Um, thanks. Go ahead. My question is about VR ranks. Are they remaining, or are they still going to be removed? So, so for 1.6, uh, we're doing sort of phase one, uh, the champion, and VR ranks are still in at 1.6. Okay. Um, you're going to be able to gain champion ranks no matter what better level you are, uh, but you will still be progressing in both those systems unless you've already hit VR 14. Okay, because I know that was a little bit of uh, confusion. I know I think I was talking with Jessica earlier. Uh, VR ranks were under the impression they were going away, and I think in Update 6 everyone was thinking that they were going away. Um, and then I know there were some questions from some people who listen to our show were asking us questions like, well, when, if they go away, when do we start earning VR, you know, our champion ranks? It'll be nice to know that in Update 6 you'll be earning both along the way. Uh, uh Update 6, I mean, as far as champion is concerned, uh, you'll be there, you'll get some champion points, you'll be spending champion points, uh, you're going to be unlocking cool champion abilities. It's going to be great. Excellent. <laughs> so excited. Deltia? Uh, yeah. Um, so, 
if you know me or whatever, I get a chance to play the game a lot. I play <laughs> a lot, a lot. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I love it. I love it. And well, first off, I really applaud you guys as a development team for changing the game the way we wanted it. You know, it's it's really refreshing and rewarding to work with you guys and actually take our feedback and actually do something with it. And not because it's easy, but because it's the right thing to do and you saw the future of the game. So thank you. Mm-hmm. With that being said, I play a lot. And I think I heard you guys talk about capping the champion points system out of the gate. So how are you going to keep the balance from people that can play all the time, like me, versus someone like a Jellos who, you know, maybe plays 10, 20 hours a week? So it's not, I don't get such a huge head start in the champion system. Uh, so, so we definitely have been monitoring that. Uh, something that I'm not sure we want to fully talk about. We're still tweaking some of those values uh, right now internally. Uh, okay. But we definitely want you to feel like uh, you are at a huge disadvantage if someone has been playing for 2,000 hours, <laughs> you know, ranks rank 35, and you're like, oh, no, that guy is, is way more powerful than me. Uh, so something we're very much aware of. We want to reward you for uh, being a uh, little of the game and enjoying the game. But, but, yeah, we don't want to create this huge imbalance uh, yeah. between players where they feel like they can't play with their friends anymore. Real quick follow-up question to that. Um, so do you think this is going to make Endgame more accessible? And I, I really think that removing the... Var- I know it's phase one, but when I say Endgame more accessible, I think your first time really making that was the group scaling. So now as a VR, I can scale... Uh, my VR 14 can play with a VR 1 buddy. We set the dungeon and we get a way to play. Once VR ranks are removed, do you think it will make... You know, trials more accessible, so it's easier for people to get into them. It, take, it takes less time to level your character. I'm sen- essentially saying, or it's easier to find dungeons. Is you think the accessibility will increase? Um, I think definitely accessibility is a long-term uh, goal of the champion system. We really want to feel like you can play with your friends at any time, and you don't feel like you're wasting your time just because you're uh, playing a dungeon or a trial with someone else that may not be as as invested or has invested as much time in the game as you are. Uh, yeah, that's, that's such a huge concern for us here. Uh, we always want you to be able to play with your friends, and we're, we're hopefully always moving more and more towards that goal. Okay, thanks. All right, I don't have this one on here, but I have to ask it. <laughs> Is there, because you're so dedicated, and I don't know if this will be update six or if something you're working on, but you can shut me down if you don't want to answer it. You, you want to keep us playing with your friends. One of the hardest things, and I talked several of my friends into playing, and I actually have someone else who's getting it for his wife for Christmas, so I'm excited. However, I'm already in silver content, almost gold content. I can't go back and help my low-level friends, even on my high level or anything of those nature, because I finished quests that they've already done. So if we went into a zone, I'm phased out. Is there any plans to make it so the phasing is based on probably who's the group leader. That way, if my friends go, hey, I got to go free this village from werewolves, and I'm like, I already did it, but as long as I make you group leader, I can then help you do it. Because it's very hard to quest with friends unless you only play when they're on. Because if they jump ahead, it's hard with phasing to get there. So uh, that's some of the the feedback we've gotten uh, since we launched the game, right? Mm -hmm. There were some of these really cool quests where you could do a lot of things to change the landscape. But it made grouping, even if you were doing it at the same time, could be really difficult. Uh, we actually have a whole content team here that was striked with a task to just go through all of the things that put people in different phases and see how we can make that experience better. Okay. Uh, 
So it is definitely something we are we are super uh, vigilant about. And when we do content, we're always thinking about how does this play in the group? How does this play in the group when we make different decisions? How does this play when I want to go help my friend? Mm -hmm. uh, so we have trying to been improving those situations in the past and uh, and looking forward, making sure we don't sort of hit those same pitfalls again. Okay, great. Because I, I love how it current. I mean, the idea of changing the world around you is wonderful and everyone wants to feel that. It just really is not very fun when you want to go back and help a friend without having to level up a character just to play with them. It oh, makes it difficult. It's already burned down in my world. <laughs> that's why when Thais and I play, she's like, you can play, but you can't quest without me because then we'll be <laughs> different. <laughs> Which was a bad idea to tell you anyway because now you're just like no, blowing me out of the I'm water grinding. with levels. <laughs> she said I could do it, so I did it. Why did I say that? Is it with that one? Okay. Yeah. Uh, I noticed on the screenshot for the UI changes for collectibles that there isn't really any spot for trophy items. Are they going to have a place? Uh, so, so the systems team has been rolling out that whole system uh, mm -hmm. with all all the collectible system that has different categories for different things. Uh, not exactly sure what's coming in phase one, uh, but I know uh, from using it, it feels. Uh, a lot better to have a lot of those things that you sort of get for completing a public dungeon mm -hmm. or your mounts not clogging up your precious, precious inventory space. Uh, so we have a big list of things we want to get out of your inventory and into the collectible system. And uh, if they are not getting moved out in a big six, I, I know it's on the radar and we want to get them moved out in the game. Good, because I don't want to lose that little thing I got from one of the alien dungeons that puts me in a bubble. I love it. I love Amalexia's Lantern. <laughs> it's one of the first ones we ever got. That's right. Mm -hmm. All right, Delta. Have that item, and you're like, I don't want to get rid of this, but I need. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like tempering alloy. I'll exam or uh, uh, Amalexia's lantern. Eh, Screw tempering alloy. Tempering Throw alloy it away. Just goes. <laughs> uh, last question I have is about animation counseling or weaving, what I call. I really like it, and I think it adds. Uh, a new dimension to the game with timing. I actually really like it now that I understand it and can implement it. The question is basically, is it intended or are you looking at removing it or what's what's going on with the animation canceling? Uh, so, so animation canceling is, is part, uh, a consequence of sort of trying to get our abilities to feel uh, incredibly reactive, like you can use them whenever you want. Uh, we never want you to feel like I'm trying to press this ability, but I can't. Uh, and so that allows some, some highly skilled players to maybe uh, be able to press abilities faster than other players. Uh, they sort of know exactly the millisecond when they can press the next ability, and they're, they're playing uh, at a really highly efficient rate. Uh, we don't necessarily want to change uh, the game that players are used to and players enjoy, uh, where players can sort of feel this, like, I'm really good at this system, and I can really min-max it. Uh, but we do want to add some opportunities for players that maybe don't enjoy that or aren't as uh, great at hitting the ability at the right time or have high latency so they can be successful. Uh, so, so we've been looking at builds that you can build that maybe if you're in a high latency environment, animation canceling is not that important to you. Or you're getting your primary DPS not from just weaving in those light attacks, but from, from your abilities and sort of, sort of the how you how you're using your abilities or the order you're using your abilities and not necessarily how fast you're using them, if that makes sense. Yeah. Perfect. I've been about animation canceling for a long time. 
<laughs> I bet. I love it. I, I think it's fun and it adds a whole new. I mean, you'll see me. You'll see me in Grotwood just using impulse and light attack, just practicing it and make it's muscle memory. I think it's fun. Yeah, but he does have a point specifically with high latency people, such as yeah. the East and I with DSL. I, I can get going, but if my latency is pretty high, it I notice I miss because it's not it's not catching. So I don't use it at all. It's not something that's in my brain when I'm when I'm DPSing because I'm a horrible DPS. So when I'm like spamming buttons, I'm hoping that something is hitting. I hope someone somewhere is doing something. Someone's taking damage in this room somewhere. <laughs> All right, we got some dungeon trials questions. I guess we'll each uh, Delta. I'm gonna let you have the last two. You those, okay. Because I want to yep. move ahead because I don't want to keep Joe forever sure. here. So we'll rush through this. We're gonna um, keep him trapped in that room. We're gonna keep him trapped forever. With the introduction of the champion system, uh, players will be able to receive passives that make their characters stronger over time through like normal um, alternate advancement systems. Now, I'm assuming there will be some sort of champion rank or something along those lines to denote the power level of players. How are you going to introduce new content that denotes that same power level? Before, it was veteran ranks. You know, you released... Uh, Veteran Crypt of Hearts at VR12. There was a power gap that you could see the difference. At 14, it was City of Ash. But with veteran ranks supposedly going away or not being added anymore, but people continuing to get champion points and champion ranks, how are you going to show which is the harder content? Uh, so so showing uh, may not be the uh, the best way that we can sort of describe now, because right now we still do have the veteran rank system. So right now when you're playing a game, uh, you'll still be able to see exactly what veteran rank a mob is. Um, and then you you can sort of sign yourself up for harder challenges by doing a, a hard mode trial or a hard mode uh, Dragon Star. And so you sort of know I'm getting myself into a thicker situation. Uh, I definitely think uh, in the future we're looking at uh, unique UI uh, opportunities there with with conning and sort of you can easily tell that this monster is is going to be a lot tougher or a lot easier. Uh, we never want you to feel like you don't know what you're up against. Um, so so whatever the future may hold, uh, I promise you should always be able to tell if you're going to fight something. Uh, sort of the odds uh, of your success. Sure, because I I know some of the old school MMOs. Uh, ultimate online sometimes you'd attack something and didn't even realize how powerful it was until it like one shot you're like oh no it's not let's not do that again okay uh what type of new pve content is in the works more trials 24 mans new boss mechanics anything anything exciting uh, lots of exciting things. uh we've got we've got some dungeons we've got a lot of pve contents uh don't think I can tell you much more than that. <laughs> yeah, I, I do want to add something in here. Uh, you may not. You can shoot me down if you if you if you want. It's fine. Uh, time content for leaderboards. Do you guys have plans to move away or at least add a different type than time content? Because I know a lot of uh, raiders from other games and things. The, the progressive raiders. It's it's more who could down the content first, not who can down it the fastest. Maybe that's an achievement in there later. But it seems the the mentality of timed raids make it seem almost more like speed runs than anything. And we saw that when Hellra and AA first came out. Um, day one, people were getting clears and it was, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes or something like that. And now it's down to like 
what, eight? Uh, yeah, so, so specifically touching on some of those files that you mentioned, uh, one of the things that we feel we really sort of fell into uh, when we initially launched our trials was uh, we underestimated uh, player DPS by a, a high margin. Uh, and so when you look at those uh, first two trials, Hellra and AA, some of those fights are ridiculously fast now. Uh, and so we are taking that opportunity in 1.6. Uh, there's a, a new scoring system uh, for trials coming in. It's point-based, it's not time-based. Uh, and so on top of that, we were able to go look into Hellra and Ethereum Archive and make sure that those fights felt substantial. Uh, you're never going to have a, a 30 second boss fight anymore. Um, oh, thank heaven. Uh, we weren't keen on making those uh, trials uh, harder, per se. We just wanted to make it sure that every time you fought a boss, uh, it was substantial and there were mechanics and you had to be aware of the mechanics and obey those mechanics. Uh, so that is definitely coming in 1.6. And uh, the scoring system that comes along with that uh, is going to have a lot more incentives for killing monsters and even completing the, the difficult modes of trial bosses. Uh, so you feel like if you did that difficult mode on Warrior or Ethereum Archive, uh, your point total is, is much higher than someone who just completed normal. Okay, excellent. Uh, that's that's good to hear. Very good to hear. Okay, uh, one last question I have. Really, I, I love the new Sanctum trial comparatively to the the two other ones. I think you've listened to a lot of the good feedback and made it. Even trash pulls are are hard. That's where we die. We don't die on Manic War anymore. We die on trash pulls. Um, <laughs> but what I really love is Dragon Star Arena, in particular, Veteran Dragon Star Arena. Now. I know you can't talk about you know specifics, but is small group content like Dragon Star Arena maybe adding a nightmare mode or you know a special bonus level? Are there any plans or are you guys thinking about expanding that or even making all the dungeons veteran level? Um, we really like the way uh, that small group content feels in, in Elder Scrolls Online. Uh, we think some of our most fun encounters are with three of your friends. Uh, so we will definitely not abandon that and look for more challenging uh, forming content, more accessible forming content in the future. Okay. Well, one follow-up question. I, I love Master Weapons. Have you ever thought about making Master Armor? Uh, I will say that Master Weapons was getting our feet wet into sort of the ability-altering interest. Uh-oh, uh-oh, all right. So, so we, we really like what we saw there, and we're excited about doing that with more abilities and more items. Well, I really like them, so thanks. Definitely. All right, uh, we have our last section we wanted to go over, if you still have a few minutes, about items, since you did say you can do a little bit of item-y stuff. Um, we'll see. We'll, we'll see about the item-y stuff. Okay, now... With, I'm assuming, again, this is assumption on my part, that we're not adding any more veteran ranks with the champion system. Okay, so with that assumption under our belts, how are you going to be introducing new items into the game that increases the player's power without increasing a quote-unquote level cap? Uh, so, so that's a, a fairly uh, easy thing to do on our end. 
uh, to just sort of make uh, more and more powerful items. Uh, items can scale up to infinity. Uh, so, so that's not a that's not a huge worry. Uh, but we do want to make sure that anytime we add items, that it is uh, something that feels right and feels like the right amount of power increase uh, for the activity you did. Uh, so, so I think we'll be okay there. But it's it's something we also have to monitor. Do you have plans for amazing items such as Daedric artifacts in the game? If so, how do you envision them being earned? Uh, so one of I, I think one of our, our most our more successful uh, itemization schemes that has recently come out was the monster masks. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, you think that it feels really great uh, when you get this cool. I love them. And piece set. And, and some of them have really cool and powerful uh, abilities. Uh, so we will definitely be doing more things like that, more small sets or single items that have these really unique powers that you get really either changes the way you play or can really uh, amplify a specific uh, style of play. Excellent. I was going to say, that's it's one thing when you get items while leveling that are, quote unquote, if the MMO term, the stat stick, where it's just, it's, it hits harder. You know, that's not really a fun itemization, but what you guys did with the undaunted stuff, that's a fun itemization. Yeah, it may, you know, may give a little bit of power one way or the other, but it's the set bonuses that make it do unique things. Same with the master weapons that it's like, no, this is this is not just some other great sword. It does something else that I make really, it fun. I could spoil it all and show you guys some of the, the concept art for all of these. Oh. Yeah. Some of them, like they come across in an email, you're like, "What? I'm gonna be able to wear one on my head?" <sighs> Sitting that, there teasing. That was a tease. That was not fair. Don't tease if you That's don't good. aim to please, good sir. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's cool. All right, Delta. Um, yeah, I I know you've been really gracious with your time. I want to say two things. One is that the gear in this game, I know you may not develop or you may, I think is fantastic. The sets, the amount of sets. And then everyone really has to use crafty gear. I really like that. Some people use crafty gear, a combination of drops, things they find, PvP gear. It just feels your character is really unique in gear. Now, my question to follow up with that is, I know champion system, phase one, we're keeping the VR ranks. But have you guys talked about how, basically, once those are removed, how, how the gear that you've already earned will scale? So, like, let's say I, I have a VR one right now. And I just completed Sanctum Ophidia and got my VR14 Awesome Ophidian gear. Now everyone's level 50. Can that character wear my awesome? You see where I'm going with this? Uh, I can tell you the reason that we are cautious about rolling out uh, Champion and not trying to rush into it is because we want to make sure when we do uh, some, some of the uh, more expanded uh, system changes, we do them correctly. And we don't want to to sort of give you a situation where you feel like you put all this time investment into the game and now it's all worthless or yeah. or it just doesn't feel right anymore. So uh, so when we keep move for moving forward uh, with Champion, we are going to be uh, thinking a lot on these decisions and sort of how they impact uh, new players and old players. Because it's okay. very important. Absolutely. Um, let's see here. Here's hey, something guys, that... So make it a good one. one I oh, we got one more. Uh, crud. Trace. No, we got Trace. like three. Which, which do which do we want? We got the gear treadmill, crafting, 
are redoing traits, which we I want. like the re- do traits traits. I like oh. I like traits. All right, traits are fantastic on items and weapons and stuff like that. However, sometimes you get a drop that is just a terrible trait. Like footmen's foot. Yeah, is there a way? Or do you guys have plans of maybe introducing a way that high-end crafters would be able to change those traits out to give crafters a way of going, oh, you got a bad item. It's okay. I can replace that uh, that impenetrable head with an infused for you. Uh, I definitely think there's uh, there's been some discussion internally about traits. Uh, we, we know that it can feel uh, sort of weird when you, you finally get this piece that you're looking forever for, and it's like, it's well-fitted. <laughs> yeah, well, oh, or better yet, VR fourteen with expiration. That's a favorite. <laughs> um, yeah, so, so I think uh, uh, we do want we do want to keep adding more ways that you can customize your gear. Uh, and we know, we know people really want to customize traits. And the other prong uh, effect of that is uh, looking at traits and saying, is this trait appropriate for the game? Is this adding anything meaningful to the game? Uh, is there something more beneficial we can have here? We always want you to be excited about the items you're getting. Sure. Absolutely. All right. Well, guys, thank you so much to Joe for uh, coming out and doing this interview with us, man. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks a lot. This has been amazing. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. This is really cool. The dream come true for us. We're like, yay. As you see in the video, I'm just like. I really want you to like, rotate the camera so you can see like the awesome art on some of these whiteboards. There, just, there he goes again uh, with the teasing. Like, yeah, yeah, right over there is our entire plan for the next 10 years. <laughs> but it's a shame you can't look over there. <laughs> no, it's just this awesome guy with the beard. Wait, <laughs> oh, we're going to see it. We're going to see it. Uh, no, I can't move it. <sighs> More teasing. That's what happens. Uh, the guy with the beard over there. Guy with a beard. Nice. All right. Uh, thanks so much for talking to me, guys. It was awesome. Uh, and I'll, uh, I'll look forward to hearing more from you guys. We're always listening on the forums and on Reddit. So uh, we take really what you guys say to heart. So never stop talking. Oh, Keep up I, the good work. You're doing yeah. great. Thank you so much. Thanks, guys. Yeah. All right, we're back. How did you guys like that? <laughs> that was uh, That was probably one of the most fun interviews I think we've ever done. Like period i mean we've we've talked to a lot of people in the community but uh we were definitely very honored to have joe come on and give us all that news about update six yeah so. that, was, that was a lot of fun he very very forthright and we got like, some good nuggets out of that absolutely all right guys we're gonna go ahead and move on to our game news section for the week uh talking about what news came out about the elder scrolls online for this week and figures my Firefox decides to crash itself. Uh, I know first up, ah, stop plugging. Don't ask me again, stop plugging. I don't care. <laughs> All right, first up for news. Another uh, Bethesda store item came out, which is actually kind of cool. It is a Shrine of Malakath. Yeah. For any of you orcs out there who, who like Malakath, they actually have another statue on the Bethesda store. It looks like the image from Skyrim. Uh, yeah, the statue you find in Skyrim. It is not set to ship until second quarter of 2015, so probably in the summer-ish er areas. 
Uh, again, this is a deposit only item. So for right now, it's put a hundred dollar deposit down on it, and then you pay the rest when it gets closer to shipping. Uh, retail price for the statue is about two hundred dollars. Yay! Um, Delta, you see uh, the shrine of Malakath? Yeah, I think I pre-ordered one, and I got like something in the mail about my deposit. Um, so I forget which one I pre-ordered, but. <laughs> I mean, I really want to get some of these collectibles. You can see in the back of the stream, I have like all the books. I have the Nord figurine, the mud crab plushie. I really like the physical swag. It's and I'm actually was wearing my sweater, the hoodie. Right. Yeah, I love physical swag in this game because then you can, or you know, for this game and things like that, because then you can kind of walk around with it and be like, yeah. Especially if it's clothing or whatever. Um, but I, I specifically like that one. It, it the detail on it is fantastic. So, oh, yeah. Phenomenal. Um, so, yeah. If you're interested, check it out on the Best Off store. Looks pretty sick. Next up in news again, they released another Tamriel Town Crier issue number two. And Delta is finally on it. I'm in there. Thank you. I had to complain enough. No, I'm kidding. Uh, yeah, I got my Dragon Star series in there. So, mm -hmm. people looking to complete Dragon Star Arena, I have a basics. And then I kind of go in advanced um, up to stage. What am I? Four right now. So, getting four out. So, I should be focusing on that primarily the rest of the week, uh, which would cover veteran and normal. So, if you're looking to complete that and don't know all the, the secrets and the timers and all that fun stuff, don't worry. I've got it all for you. Um, just for my own knowledge, the your your arena guides, you said it covers both. Are you having separate videos for normal? Or are you just wrapping it into veteran and explaining the differences? I have a full normal gameplay. Okay. So you can watch every single fight, every single thing. And then I do guides for all of them because the spawns are essentially the same. There's only just usually one mechanic more. Um, so I just put in like a bold letter, you know, this is the veteran mechanic is all. Because memorizing the spawns is actually one of the most important things, believe it or not. Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, I, I'm sure that that affects your positioning as well as, you know, the um, what strategy you're using for that specific fight. So, yep. Excellent. So there you go, guys, check out the Tamriel town crier, check out what the other podcasts are doing with the other Aloha. YouTube. Aloha's Aloha. on there too. Yeah. yeah. Um, definitely check out what the YouTube personalities are doing and, and support, support the, uh, the personalities out there. Um, cause are you yeah. calling me a personality, bro. Mm, would there be a lack of no i'm sorry sorry love you yeah. love you tons oh hug hugs oh gosh hugs. face face yes i haven't heard your lovely voice we got to see you in rl finally um, i know <laughs> but did it actually show my face did yeah I, it did, it did? Mm -hmm. yeah uh, and we, we got, got to see your pretty face your pretty little face yeah I, I don't... I tried to hide, but... Well, they obviously don't come to look at Delty and I, because we're, we're as ugly as that orc statue of Malakath, so... Hey, I'm a pretty good-looking man. I, I'm, I'm not much better. I mean, I wasn't prepared. I didn't look good. I was just kind of, eh, you know, on camera. <laughs> I did my makeup that day, so I made yeah. sure... Yeah. Did you? Me too, me too. Yeah. I made sure to bathe for once. Put uh, some mascara on to make his yeah. eyes pop. Yeah, I definitely that. didn't bathe beforehand. Oh, hippie, <laughs> hippies! Yeah. It that's it happens. I'm gonna have to go through that video and just just see what parts of my face were shown because now I'm concerned. 
Speaking of the video, uh, we're going to have it out, I think, Tuesday, right, Ag? That is correct. It'll be in podcast form on Monday, and Delta, you'll have the the video interview for the interview only on Tuesday. That is correct. Yep. So if you missed any of that, guys, check it out either on the podcast or, you know, on Delta's YouTube page. All right. Next bit of news is another Loremaster archive reforging the past. You know, I feel like I could have written this because the amount of time I've spent in Dwemer ruins, because it's all about the Dwemer and talks about what is it, Kirith Venus. Hey, we run into him. He's a character in 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 the game that you do a quest for. I think in Deshaun is where you first meet him and I guess his sister. Remember, there's two of them and their pursuit to learn to craft the Dwemer style. So here we go. Uh, reforging the past. I'll never forget the first time I saw the unmistakable hallmarks of Dwemer craftsmanship. Too small to even see the traveling merchant's wares atop his table. My father lifted me up so I could admire the strange angles, geometric engravings, and the unusual luster of a mace and shield on display. I was captivated. Though it's likely those first pieces I laid eyes on were reproductions, they were enough to stoke my curiosity for a lifetime. I apprenticed under my father, a well-regarded smith, and tried again and again as my skills improved to replicate the Dwemer designs that so fascinated me. One of the major difficulties, of course, was not having much in the way of example or instruction. All I had to go on for ages were my memories. My father forbade me from searching for ruins on my own, though he did humor my passion by bringing me any book he could afford on the topic of the vanished race, race and their creations. It wasn't until I was old enough to strike out alone that I made any substantial progress. I soon discovered how right it was of my father to keep me away from Dwever ruins in my youth. They are treacherous places, even for experienced adventurers, which I was certainly not the first time I charged headfirst into one. I was a bit too confident, I'll admit, and I never expected the spider construct that burst out of an opening in the wall as I walked by. I had no idea the ruins were still active. I was inexperienced and untried in combat, and without my skill as a smith, I doubt I would be here to tell my story today. My armor protected me from several blows I could not deflect in time with my shield, as two more spiders clanked out from the darkness, and my well-balanced mace seemed to swing itself right into them, sending tiny gears and showers of sparks flying. It was over before I knew it, and I realized that I stood, am that I stood among piles of still-hissing metal treasure. Cramming everything that would fit into my pack, part of the carapace, a couple engraved legs, and an assortment of gears and springs, I carefully made my way back to the surface. The eight smiled on me that day, because it wasn't long before I was blinking in the sunlight, little worse for the wear than a few scratches and minor burns. Back at the forge with my prizes, I worked day and night on a new mace. I fashioned it after one in my ancient text my father had found, using my hard-won scrap to augment the smithing process. It became apparent quickly that this is what I'd been missing the whole time. The product of that sleepless week has never been recognized as a reproduction by any scholar, smith, or relic dealer. Forging in the Dwemer style, as you can see, is not for the dabbler. Only a committed craftsman will have what it takes to seek out rare, 
ancient texts and obtain their own materials from the deadly constructs that lurk to this day in the ruins of that lost civilization. If you think you're up to the task, I hope my story has inspired you. And if you're not, then stay well away from those ruins. Hmm. I love the I love the dwarves. They're fantastic. So there's a little bit of a question and answer here. Do you know the reasoning for the straight line down the middle of the facial mask on Dwemer Helms? Was it merely an aesthetic design, or does it serve some functional purpose as well? Kirith Vano says, Bilateral and even multilateral, symmetry is such a common element in Dwemer design that it's often hard to know when it's functional, when it's stylistic, or even both. In most cultures, dualism symbolizes the dual, Anuic, Hadamic nature of the Erebus, but as the Deep Elves were said to have rejected the Divines, that seems unlikely to be the explanation in their case. Of course, drawing a line down the middle of a mortal's face instantly makes that face more intimidating, so the explanation could be as simple as that. Is the Dwarven ore that we find on the surface in Tamriel not actually the metal used in creating Dwemer armor, but instead a fool's Dwarven ore, mistaken for the metal the Dwarves used to create their legendary unrusting armor, weapons, and other assorted metal things? Common so-called Dwarven ore is, in fact, given that name because of its resemblance to the metal forged for the long-lost Dwemer. As a, as a metallurgist, I can tell you that while dwarven ore is a tough substance indeed, it is not nearly as durable as actual metal harvested from actual Dwemer devices. That's why forging in the Dwemer style requires actual Dwemer metal as a material. Good Vanus. I wonder, what initially drove you to study Dwemer armor? Something about the simple, geometric elegance of Dwemer design spoke to my inner need for structure and organization. The Deep Elves might have been unholy heretics, but by the Eight they understood the importance of doing a thing right. Plus they're dwarves. So how cool is that? Pretty cool. Yeah. Alright, that was Reforging the Past. Um, Lore Master's Archive. If you want to check it out for yourself, you can see it on the official Elder Scrolls Online page. Um, last little bit of news that they did off of the Elder Scrolls Online page, which I thought was kind of neat, is I know we've been talking about holiday events in-game. Now, we all know Tamriel's calendar is full of events, and it, it's, it's kind of neat. Um, but we're not actually going to do any kind of Christmas events or anything of that nature, but what the developers are doing, and this looks like one of the first, one of the first ones I saw in-game, was a little contest where it was kind of like a uh, hide-and-seek, I guess. Do you know what that word is? Orienteering. Orienteering. That's interesting. I don't know if it's an actual word, but, you know, it huh? works. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, essentially what they had done, and I thought this was really neat, is on the forums they posted a schedule of the times they were doing this, and I guess the last one was like two hours ago, but they gave hints on where a specific location was, and the first person to go out there and take a screenshot of their character there and post it on the forums um, would actually win one of those Bristlegut Piglet codes. Uh, Deltia, did you uh, see this event? Did you participate at all? 
Um, I did not participate. I did see it. I thought that was pretty cool, especially around Christmas time. People like little in-game events, you know, mm-hmm. to kind of celebrate the holiday season. I thought I thought it was a nice little twist on it for people to like exploring. Um, but that's not really my gameplay, so I didn't participate. <laughs> right, right. That's cool. Um, so yeah, I think I like the fact that they at least did it, and I, I look forward to seeing a lot more of, we'll say, GM-run events in the future. I think that'll be kind of neat. Hopefully, of some varying, um, varying types. Um, so there we go. Last bit of news. I'm sure everyone seems to have known this. ESO Live happened on Friday, the 19th of December, and they talked a lot about Champion System. And oh my goodness, was it cool! Uh, Delta, you get a chance to watch all of it. Um, I didn't watch all of it, but most of the parts, yeah. So definitely was really interesting. I loved that they showed off the uh, the champion like wheel, if you will, or I don't mm-hmm. know what they're going to call it, but the the sky or the whatever. constellation. Oh my god, that was sick! That was sick. Yeah. Now they did. They other than the champions. Before we kind of get into that a little bit, they did confirm a few other little things that I thought was kind of neat. First off, new Undaunted pieces they previewed. Did you see the concept art for those, the head and shoulders? I did, yeah. That's going to look really cool. Somehow we got a screenshot of one of them. Um, it's another boss in Fungal Grotto. I don't know how we got that, but it'll be interesting to see how they expand on it. I mean, personally, most of them are really tanky, and I mm-hmm. really haven't found, DPS-wise, I really haven't found much use for them besides the meteor set that procs, you know, the meteors on dots. So hopefully they'll make it a more interesting piece. And I think when people get geared, like the top end gear with, uh, you know, fallible aether, five pieces of that, or maybe two pieces of it, it might be some new of the best in slot. But right now I just don't think it's best in slot, most of it. So it's cool. I got all of them. I love the procs. Um, But I really like that they're going to expand on that and possibly master weapons or armor or make like legendary gear. It's really cool. Random off topic, and this is not at all confirmed, but when housing does come out, I hope they allow us to make, like, armor racks, because I just want to put these armor sets that I'm not using on armor racks, because that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just, like, you'd be able to go into your house and you'd be able to put the armor, like, there you go. It's like a bust, and you could put the helm and the shoulder on it and go, yeah, I got that. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's long time away, but, I mean... That, that's on my wish list. It's yeah, my the wish mass list. weapons I don't use because the traits suck. Yeah, it would be nice to display them. Yeah, just hang them up on the wall. Yep, there you go. Something to do. All right. So for all the provisioners out there, VR10 recipes are a thing in Update 6. So yay for that. So uh, I, we still don't know much about the provisioning update. I'd really like to get a hold of someone at Zoss and kind of sit down and talk about provisioning update. Cause that's something kind of near and dear to my heart because I love cooking and face. I know you like the provisioning as it is now, right? I, I do, except for the fact that I am extremely unlucky. So whenever I open bags or boxes, I always get grapes. It's the only thing I get. I, and beans, kava beans. Yeah, kava beans and conco. I think the major problem with cooking, with it, it wouldn't be a big deal if drinks were actually usable. No, I thought you used drinks, don't you? No. No, I, I do if I have nothing else, oh. but the stat regeneration isn't near as good as raw stats, so no one uses drinks for anything. 
that's why when you get the grapes and stuff, it's such a ah, crud kind of moment because you can't use them to make money because the only people who actually use grapes are when they're leveling up their provisioning. I'm not going to be able to speak anymore from blushing because of Velociraptor 2000 in chat. <laughs> wow. He's in love with your lady. Uh, well, <laughs> she, good luck, good she, sir. I guess. Because she's in love with Joe Blackburn, so she doesn't even <laughs> she doesn't even love me anymore. So no. good luck to you, sir. Yeah. So that's that's gone. But uh, yeah, so new updated VR10 recipes will be coming in VR set or in update six. So we'll get a chance to play with that. Um, Rothgar has been confirmed to be the next zone that will be released, but we do not have an ETA on that. So Rothgar is the next zone, which I know is a is a solo PVE zone, as they say, or questing zone. Solo so, yellow. Yeah, so, so for those of you who are looking for a new trial, it, I doubt it's coming in Rothgar, because the entire zone is dedicated to... It's a standard leveling zone. So it may be a public dungeon, there may be a, a normal four-man dungeon and a veteran um, counterpart, I'm sure, but the rest of it's going to be solo questing zone, so it's not going to be another adventure zone. Merkmeyer has not been confirmed for update or any updates going forward that I know of yet. Um, Rothgar is not coming in update six. I want to stress that, but they did confirm it's the next one coming up. So, Face, what is the one that you pointed out that you're really kind of excited? Actually, you know what? We're going to hold that one because oh. that's part of the champion system. So I don't want to pull into that yet. Sorry. I know, oh, so I know, and I'm going to make you wait on that. That's not fair. <laughs> AOE caps are changing to 60 targets. The first six people who get hit by an AOE, this is a damage AOE, by the way, take 100% of the damage. The next 24 take 50%, and the last 30 take 25% of the total damage. This does not affect healing, however. Healing still only hits six targets. This is part of the reason why they want to keep the same number of healers in a group. Deltia, what do you what do you think about the AOE cap change? Uh, it's going to have a major impact on the game, both PVE, PVP. Uh, Dragonite buff, I consider this. Um, really, just got to play with it and see what it really feels like. I mean, because mm -hmm. Dragon Star Arena for PVE, there is usually more than six targets, and it'd be beneficial for PVP. I think they're trying to disincentivize the AOE Zerg spam thing. Yeah. Um, so. It's going to be good for the game. It needs to get worked out. I mean, yeah, it, it's going to be interesting. To even speculate on it, I'm like, God, how, how is this going to affect things? For PvE, my Dragonite, I know I'm going to be breathing fire on more than six and using talons on like 900 targets with chains, so I couldn't be happier. Party Pyro in chat seems to be pretty excited about removal of an AoE cap. Yeah, he's a meatball, though, so who knows? <laughs> yeah, it's... <laughs> I'm excited about it because it is it is a, a good way of making AOEs viable, especially in PvP, because as they were saying, because it only hit six targets, it was actually more beneficial when AOEs were going out to stack up, which is the complete opposite of what an AOE is supposed to do because only six people would get hit, right. and, and then hit, you could just spam heals on top of the Zerg group and keep everyone healed. Because your heals can hit 12, your your damage can only hit 6. So if you're in a group of more than 12 people, basically it doesn't it doesn't go to the same 6 people. It's random. So if you stack and whack type thing, you could basically insta-kill anyone and they had no defense to it. 
which is what PvP is right now. So, right. not very fun. Ultimate generation is changing to a flat generation rate. I kind of wow. like this. Wow. Light and heavy attacks get a buff uh, that when after you hit, you generate three ultimate each second. Healers now get a buff. Well, they only get this buff to generate ultimate when they heal someone who has the ultimate generation buff. So you're not going to be able to spam healing springs before a fight to get your ultimate up. I never did that. It never it never occurred to me because I gain ultimate so quickly anyway that I can just use Sparky Paul numerously. The be- the weakest ultimate in the game, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, my favorite one that's saved my butt lots of times. Uh-huh. Well, speaking of Sparky Paul, I guess we can talk about that a little bit because they did talk about how um, synergies are getting buffed up and Sparky Paul may actually be useful because it's no longer a channel. And I think Sparky Paul gets a, uh, it's a damage buff for both him and the person who does the synergy. Oh, 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 so that means that Sparky Paul might not be so useless. Hey, Deltia. And for anyone who doesn't know, Sparky Paul is her cute name for a Storm Matronach. Yeah, the Storm Matronach. The worst ability in the game. I just realized, you know, we're talking about Sparky Paul like crazy. I'm like, I bet you any new people have no idea what creation you're talking about. Or Pookie. Or Pookie. Yeah, yep. she names all of her sorcerer pets. Yep. Uh, next up, buff debuff consolidation and no soft caps. Hold on, real quick. Mm-hmm. The the uh, change to ultimate regeneration is probably the most significant, along with what we're going to talk about next. I mean, currently right now, the whole the whole ultimate generation is kind of hard to understand, but really it comes down to how much HP the target has and how often you crit and how hard you hit. So the meta is basically get as much ultimate uh, get as much ultimate you can with crit. So people use like 70% crit, use a spell pot potion, boom, they're rocking almost 100% crit. You can drop ultimates one after another after another. When this happens, it's going to be really interesting to see how people are generating ultimate officially, uh, efficiently, like those old abilities like carve, it's getting changed. And then how do tanks generate ultimate? Because remember, you have to light attack now. So the current meta is basically never attack as a tank. You know, now you're going to have to like weave in a light attack here and there. It's going to be really cool to see how that plays out. And think about it. Is it weighted now the most valuable trait? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it's big changes. Oh, yeah, because they base this off of people swinging once every second, but weighted reduces your swing cast speed, so you'd be able to actually swing faster than that. Crit now is no longer affects the amount of ultimate you get so does uh precise really matter as much other than for damage i mean for ultimate generation crit doesn't matter anymore so a lot of how we're going to generate ultimate i think going forward is a lot different but i also i think it's i personally think it's something good going forward as a whole because now you'll be able to predict fairly accurately how quickly you can gain ultimate because based on that if you get three ultimate every second um i can then drop a uh, nova every 240 seconds so yeah there's gonna be other factors in that but what this really does is it brings the the dragonite in line with other classes uh specifically because it's just so easy to build ultimate with dots from the dragonite class that i can just because it's based off a crit right so if you have three dots mm-hmm. going boom, 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 everything's ticking, plus a direct damage ability. It's going to really bring things in line. I think it's a good change. It really will change a lot of 
lot of how the meta gearing goes. So it'll be interesting to see how this how this affects game. Right, definitely. Um, speaking of different ways of things affecting games, and I actually like this change as well. I thought this was fantastic and will actually provide a lot of diversity with builds is the buff debuff consolidation. For those who don't know what this actually is, they are now adding to each to each ability you will see buffs you gain called major and minor buffs. So let's say for instance, um, one of your Dragonite buffs, because those are the ones that are easiest to know, do, will drop a, ma or a major mitigation. Before how the game worked was you pretty much stacked abilities that gave you mitigation and they all stacked upon one another so like during a big AOE, everyone would just drop all their all their mitigation and it would all stack to make it so that you had a lot of mitigation they are now changing it that when people drop a buff and you get major mitigation you can then do an ability that also causes major mitigation but it doesn't stack with itself it simply refreshes the duration of the major mitigation buff and gives you the um, benefits of whichever spell you were using. So I guess what are do we have some? I know spiked armor is one of them. I'm trying yeah. to think of another defensive one that we well, could couple with it. The combination that we talked about with the developers was spiked armor for the dragon knight, which pumps your armor, and then also immovable. Mm -hmm. So essentially, what you could do is you could use a magic based ability, pump your armor, but yet get the unceasable effect of immovable. Um, so there's going to be a lot more combinations of abilities. Yeah, because now what would happen is if you drop spike armor, you would get the bonus armor and the major mitigation for so many seconds. If you didn't, then went and hit unmovable, it would wipe out your spiked armor, refresh your mitigation, and then give you the seeable, unseeable effect. So you're not going to be able to stack a bunch of buffs anymore, but it will allow you to pick and choose when you're building your bar out going, okay, this ability right here, I got spiked armor, gives me mit mitigation. And then you look over at, um, for instance, the unmovable and go, oh, I could, oh, I don't need that anymore because spiked armor already gives me that major mitigation. So which would I rather have, the unseeable or the more armor? And you can make your choices based on that. But it then will free up your bar for other stuff that you may need, other major buffs such as damage buffs healing buffs whatever kind of buffs that you feel you need for your particular play style i i, I like this change uh Thais, we haven't heard from you what do you think about the major minor buff thing i again i i'm i play differently than you and delta do so i never really paid attention to all the soft caps Mm -hmm. You were telling me to get the, that add-on that monitored and everything and told me when I was close, and yeah. I always said no. That I don't care what my what, what my, my caps are at. I'm I, hijacking your PC I don't, one day. I don't mind how my character is. I will get stats as I get them. I'm not worried about it. So it, it doesn't affect me as much because I'm not a min-maxer. Mm -hmm. So I, I, don't, I don't really foresee that much of a change for me personally. Because I'll still just equip gears, see how it goes. What about the ability debuff thing, where one ability will give you a major mitigation or major damage, and another ability will also give you major... So let's just say, for instance... The, the new buff system. Yeah. That, I think, is really cool, though. What happens if... This is... I'm just going to jab at your heart right now. What happens if your buffs, like your your pets overlap each other where it's no useful it's not useful to have all of them because they provide the same buff not there's, that they would but. there's there's no real reason for you to have all well, i 
don't see a reason to have all your pets anyway. Yeah, I see what Kister said. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. It's not that that I'm so casual. It hurts. It's just, I'm not a min maxer. I don't. I don't pay attention to all the numbers. I play for fun and and because it's pretty and because I enjoy it, not because I want to hit the hardest and be the meanest and growl and everything. Wow. I mean, there's never a reason to have all your pets out at once. Mm-hmm. I was just trying to. I, I don't know much about sorcerer abilities, but that's what I was specifically using. Like now with chain. If if that's if if you could potentially not have all your pets out at once. That's okay, because then you would want to choose the best pet for the situation that gives the best buff. There you go. Mix and match your buffs. I like mm-hmm. it. Uh, Delty, did we get your information or your thoughts on the the buffs? Uh, no. Go for it. It's huge change, and like especially like later game content on, because right now the whole meta is you know drop a veil, veil of blades for thirty percent damage mitigation, drop a nova, you have a nova rotation from the templar. Yeah, I mean it's just it's just calculated. Everyone knows it's going to change everything, and there's going to be so much work on my site that I have to do now. I mean, this is crazy. So. The Sork specifically, I'm excited. That you should just delete steps. your site, Delta, and start over because it's pretty much nothing's valid anymore in Update Six. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, I expect a Necromancer build for the Sork, and that's why I wanted the Sork to always be like a Necromancer that summons cool pets and you know really feels like I don't know some Daedroth summoning meatball. And finally, it might come to fruition where it's viable, it looks cool, it's fun. Now, if that happens, I'm going to try to get the first build out, like a Necromancer build. I have to think of some cool Sorkumancer or something, some funny name. But, yeah, so Sorks right now are hurting. They are. They need a buff, so hopefully that will fix it. Well, I know they said in the uh, one ESO Live that Sork pet build is so OP now. Even they're like, yeah, no, we can't release it as it is. Uh, we did have a question in chat that I want to clarify Mr. Bigglesworth, ESO, what do you mean by refreshes the duration? Does that mean I can use two different abilities that buff armor and it will add their durations together? No, not exactly, because they're talking about the major and minor buffs, which are not in the game yet. So when you do your spiked armor, you'll get a buff called major, whatever, major mitigation, whatever they name it, which actually ups all of your mitigation stats. If you use another ability that uses the same major buff which should be in the flavor text it will wipe out the first and use the second that's what i mean by um and it refreshes the duration of the major mitigations to say that lasts for six seconds or whatever um or you you cast a buff that lasts 10 seconds about four seconds into it you hit another ability that lasts 15 seconds instead of letting it run out your buff then lasts 15 seconds but I, I doubt they would have two armor abilities that increase that do the exact same thing, have the exact same major or minor, um, major or minor buff. The, you know what I mean? Like I doubt there's going to be two armor buffs that do the. There might be two armor buffs that give different things. Like one gives armor and one gives a mitigation buff, and one that gives armor and one that gives like a damage shield buff or something like that. Then they would work together. But if any two abilities have the same type of major buff, they will wipe each other out. That's what we're talking about by refreshing regener- or refreshing durations. Okay, well, now let's go ahead and let's talk about 
the champion system. Yeah, this is going to be awesome. And go ahead, Thais, go ahead. Okay, I can I can mention you, my... Okay, you can mention right, the one right, thing I marked. There's a... There's, Oh, look, I can't even get it out. I'm so excited. There is a treasure hunter perk that will allow for better items to be received from treasure chests. So that means every time that I, like, push people out of the way and, and I'm climbing over, <laughs> you know, bodies to get the treasure chests, it's totally worth it. You, you do realize you've been memed already, right? Like, I've gotten sent multiple things about you and treasure chests. Like, look, there's a treasure chest and you're pushing people out of the way. You have... Even this morning when I was playing my ult, I was singing my little song going, the best part about playing my ult solo is I finally get treasure chests. <laughs> well, wasn't it, I think it was yesterday, where you had, look, you said, oh, look, there's a treasure chest. And I ran, like, all the way from, like, the other side of the zone to the treasure chest, knocked you out of the way. <laughs> mm -hmm. Absolutely. It, it's kind of crazy. Kind of crazy. Um, but the champion system will allow us to earn extra points called champion points and put them in one of three, well, nine different trees, technically. Um, the main the main idea of this is, is it's in a rotating basis. You have the warrior, the mage, and the thief. The warrior, all points put into the warrior constellations will grant health and generally kind of defensive passives. Stamina, or the, uh, the thief tree, affects your stamina, obviously, and a lot of, like, damage abilities for melee, physical damage, and stamina regenerations, and finally, the mage tree, obviously, is your magic tree that affects that. Now, within each tree is three separate, smaller constellations that you can invest your points in to gain different types of buffs, and one of those things, specifically, like Treasure Hunter, are one of those flavor buffs that you can then unlock over time to give you extra benefits one another one was a uh, war steed or something like that which is whenever you're riding your horse you can use your sprint and it never drains sprint as long as you're in not in combat so that's kind of i like that everyone's gonna pick on me because all of my perks are gonna be in all like these special ones <laughs> i heard there was also another one that made it faster to pick flowers i know delty is immediately gonna get that Oh yeah, and far more. Like you, you break it up instead of like picking it, <laughs> and it gives you more ore. So oh, I'm getting like fifty of those. Yes, doesn't matter. That's all I'm doing. Uh, I don't. I don't care. Like all my crafter alls, they're gonna have like zero in health. They're gonna have all like these weird fancy perks for like picking flowers efficiently. <laughs> I can pick fa flowers faster than anyone else in the world. Yeah, see yeah, a flower? Yeah. It's gone. You'll see me in Cold Harbor picking bug offs. <laughs> Zoom in like lightning. It's gonna be awesome. <laughs> Nice. Now, we were kind of theorizing a little bit about this. Because it goes in a rotating fashion, like you earn one point for the warrior, and you have to spend it in one of those three warrior trees. Like, you can't earn points and go around. Like, um, another thing they announced, which we'll talk about, is as long as you have a VR rank character, you'll have 30 points to spend in the champion system when it launches. Now, they're also capping at 30 points. Delta, Boo. what do you think about that? Boo! Boo! Hate it. So articulate. <laughs> I hate it, but it makes sense because you don't want people to get out ahead really bad. I just wish they would give some incentive. I mean, they're, they're giving you incentive to play alts um, after the game progresses. But the, for those that have dedicated a lot of time, like myself, I would like just a little bit, not of credit per se, but 
a reward, maybe even one champion point for VR 14 alt. I mean, just one something. So I'm a little disappointed in that, but I understand their philosophy. Uh, it's just, you know, the game can't be what I always want it to be. And, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to get a million champion points anyways. So I'll be playing more than anyone. So <laughs> it'll be fine. If I could give you some I and I gladly would, because right now I'm sitting on 15 skill points that I have nothing to do with. These are champion Base. points, not Base. skills. Oh, oh, I know, I know, but I'm just I'm just saying that I'll probably have leftovers. Leftover champion points? No, uh, no, maybe not. No. No, if you have leftover champion points, <laughs> we're gonna have to like divorce or something because I can't. I can't Take even, my character away from. Yeah, I, I, I'm gonna have to confiscate your account because. I'm gonna be sneaking on adding points just because I can't I can't do that. Just just for you and the Deltia, I'm gonna make sure that I don't put in any champion points for like a week. Like a uh, whole week. You're crazy. I'll just let them sit there. <sighs> How come my sork's dying all the time? <laughs> <laughs> I already do that. <laughs> Probably because you have a bunch of skill points that you don't use. There's a guide on a website. Uh, I think it rhymes with LTSgaming.com. <laughs> I was wondering how he was going to rhyme that. Yeah, was, was, <laughs> let's see how this goes. Um, so, yeah, th- 30 points. So that's what we're at. Other than Deltia oh. being upset about only getting 30. Give me you'll, 400. <laughs> you'll essentially be able to do um, 10 points in each tree or in each of the three major constellations. Now, we were kind of theorizing about this, because obviously for a min-maxer, you wouldn't... If, if they gave you completely free reign, you wouldn't put any into magic if you were a stamina user or, you know, whatever. Um, but they're kind of forcing you to put one point... Every time it goes around, you earn a point in a different tree to put them in in these trees but within the three or within the major tree or three minor trees i know we were talking a little bit i think we kind of theorized that the different trees would allow you to put points based on what your play style is so even though you're putting points into a health tree there's probably going to be a tree within there one of the minor trees that yes it is defensive in a way but it's not pure oh um reduces the amount of damage you take when blocking with a shield you know things like that. I know one of the stamina, one of the stamina pictures we saw earlier showed a picture of what was it? Something bash that does the bashing skill, which I mean I guess everyone can use that, but it's more effective with a sword and board because there's even passives for it. Not many people would want that otherwise. I can't see. What do you think, Deltia? Well, I think this is amazing for the game because you can change these champion points based on your character. Mm-hmm. And then all your characters, all the time you're playing them, get champion points. So, like, everything you do does not feel like a waste of time anymore. Everything. You want to level a level 10 guy? Great. You're earning champion points. You want that level 10 guy to be a brawler? Boom. Spec him that way. You want your VR 14 to be a tank? Great. So, as far as the. I like that you have to rotate. At first, I wanted it to be just all health and blah, blah, blah. But I think what they're doing is putting enough, like, utility stuff in the other trees that you can really still spec out to be a tank. Just, you know, 
you'll have sure. to pick some utility stuff, which is there's going to be a whole new strategy of how to get back around to the tree that you want for your character, right? They're mm-hmm. going to be some of those best in slot, if you will, type of passes. And I can't wait to write a guide about it, but my God, I have a lot of work to do. <laughs> I have a lot of work to do. I was under the impression, and maybe I'm wrong, maybe they changed it and I just missed it. I didn't think you were actually earning champion points until you were level 50. Now, you could use your champion points on low levels, but they didn't actually earn champion points until they were, quote-unquote, 50 or VR ranked. Really? Yes. Hmm. I don't now, like that. Now, you can use, like, if you've earned 30 on your account, you can use them on your low level, but while leveling a low level, I don't believe they earn champion points until they're, they're quote-unquote, veteran ranked. Now, that I heard that a while ago. I don't know if that's still true, but... I well, felt I like assume, I should throw I that assume, out there. I assume that, but if not, that's a, I dislike that wholeheartedly. Really? Yeah, I mean, you should if you're if you're progressing your account. What does it matter if you're not in the VR ranks? It's going away anyways. I mean, people play level tens and they reroll alts all the time. Giving them some of to like delete characters and try new things. I don't mm-hmm. like that. If it's but I don't know for sure. So yeah, I, I'm not sure, but I know even Kipster says he thought that's what they were doing as well see the thing is though one to 50 if you really want to grind it i think i saw someone say it takes like 22 hours of grinding to get to vr1 from level one so it doesn't take terribly long to get to the veteran ranks i mean my goodness i think my i have alts that are about 30 and i think i've spent a total of 10 hours on them each or something like that and i've kind of been messing around um, gathering materials, stuff like that, not actually purely focused on leveling. So it doesn't take terribly long to uh, to level if you don't stop and listening to quest text and things like that. If you just zoom through, it doesn't take that long. Um, yeah, I, we're seeing a couple of people in chat who are all under the impression that I am that you don't actually earn champion points until you're at least level 50. Yeah, well, that might be the case, but I don't like that. Well, we'll have to see from there. So... Let, let's let's kind of go around and uh, ask what each of us kind of thinks about the champion system, what it'll bring as a whole. So, Delty, why don't you go ahead and go first? Overall, big changes to the game. There's going to be a lot of problems with it at first. I, I, you know, I'm really positive about the game, but it's going to be buggy. Believe me, there's going to be things that are overpowered, underpowered. So it's going to take some time to get polished up. Um this is really a plea from me as a, as a gamer really likes this community is like, you know, if you have extra time, please get on the PTS. They really do listen to our feedback. If we do that, the champion system will grow and evolve and be awesome. So at first I just caution people. It's going to, it's going to be a rough go. I mean, they're completely changing the game around what we wanted. Um, I love that you have an overall character progression for playing alts. So if I play my Nightblade one day, it helps my Dragon Knight. If I play my Sork one day, it helps. So I love that idea that the progression is account-based. That's really cool to me. And as far as the skills and stuff go, I think it's going to be even more so customizable, your character, than it has been in the past, which is mind-boggling considering this game to me is like the most customizable game in gear and attributes. I mean, skills, everything. And it's not, I mean, it's just getting deeper and deeper. It's so much more fun. I think that, uh, only for Delty's account, it should not be account wide. He plays enough on all of his characters as it is that he'll still beat everyone in champion points. So Zoss, <laughs> you can go ahead and remove the account wide. Just make it 
champion points per character for him, he'll still have more than everybody. Um, I, I, I love this type of alternate. I've loved alternate advancement systems since I saw the one in Rift. Yeah, Thais knows what I'm talking about. That was a great system. And this one's a lot like it. Like, it is. Like, it's a lot like the one in Rift. And it was just a fun way to advance your character past the level cap to give them little bits of bonuses to make them stronger as you go. And plus, there's a lot of fun little things in here, like little perks like that treasure hunter. I'm not going to take it because she'll never let me have treasure chests. So it's not, it'll be wasted champion points for me. But for someone like the East, she may want it. You know, maybe on an alt I'll get it, but not on my main because it's wasted. What do you think, Thaise? I feel the same way you do. When it, when it came to Rift's alternate leveling system, alternate advancement system, I adored it. And this one just has so many things about it that resonate with that other system. And to be able to explore all these different constellations and to have so many options to, to really make your character unique and to do... To do all, to have all these different kinds of choices, because I know I'll be taking a lot of the perks that most people wouldn't, <laughs> because they're fun, and that's that's why I like this game, because it can be fun. I don't have to be in min-max. You should still be able to do everything. That's what I have you for, so I don't die. So I have the ability Unless to Unless I'm just, healing. Yes, and then and then everyone's dead. By the way, the, next, the, staff zone. the next thing I'm leveling up is my resto staff. <laughs> Delta, I need you to play with Ag. <laughs> <laughs> I need to get it to 50, so it's even though I don't plan on really using it, I've been leveling all the weapon skills. You're a Templar. You should be healing and nothing else. No. You no. stop it. <laughs> oh my gosh. But yes, I am I think that this system is going to give the game longevity. It's going to make it more interesting. There's gonna be so many options. It's it's definitely a great idea. Excellent. Alright. Um, I guess we'll go ahead and does anyone have anything else they want to say on on uh, anything we heard on ESO Live before we move on to the next section? No, I'm just I'm really excited about this and yeah. getting underway and start playing and stop speculating. It'll be fun. Yeah, definitely. All right, we're gonna move on to our next section, which is our tales of Tamriel. What we did in game this week and Deltia. What did you do all week? Uh, the usual, you know, herping the derp type thing, killing stuff. But I have, you know, one of the Thais's little stories here about questing. So I apparently, I, I have an actual quest I did. I did questing. So like trials all week. Like you and Thais do. So I uh, I guess I hadn't even completed all the quests in Lower Craglorn and Upper Craglorn. And apparently you kind of have to do that to get some Nernhone stuff, or you get a Nernhone weapon at the end. So I went on this, you know, long spiel of doing all the quest series in Lower and Upper Craghorn. And actually it was a blast. It was really cool. The last quest is like really hard because you have to have four people to open up this bridge. I mean, you know, I wanted to solo it, but you literally couldn't. So finding four people like in the afternoon to do this quest was a pain. But when I got it, Oh my, was it cool. You open it opens up like a huge portal. You go down, you fight these guys that you've been, you know, dealing with the whole time and they spawn these characters. It's just was awesome. And then it it goes directly into the upper Craigloan story. And so I could finish that right away. I mean, that was a lot of content and a lot of good story. I mean, they could have easily just made that next content really, you know, not meaningful. And I love the Yokutin. I love their armor, their lore, their Red Guard thing. Uh, so I really like the thief. And it makes the trials, 
I don't know, weird, but it makes it feel more fun knowing now the serpent and the thief and, you know, the warrior, you kind of know those characters now. And so it just adds a more in-depth version of the game for me. And I really like it. So that's what I did. Um, did some more vet, vet DSA, beat it a couple more times, trying to write up that guide and getting serpent down pretty fast now. It took us about an hour and a half and that was fun. So really mainly sort of the, the main sort of things, trying to get my crafter switched over to be like an alt, which I'm playing right now, so I can free up some skill points on my Dragonite, assuming that the champion system will have like more skill lines or I'll have to test more abilities. So that's really what I've been doing. Excellent. I was going to say, our, our tales today actually kind of coincide with what you were just talking about um, because we were we started in on Alkir Desert. Right. Yes. Um, Who I, by the way, I I have discovered that I don't really like the Red Guards, but I like the Ashaba. I love the Red Guards. Yeah, they're cool. They're honorable. They're uh, awesome. They won't even attack zombies. If zombies are eating my face, I am going to be punching them in the throat. This this comes into the very first quest you get when you enter Alakir. There are necromancers, which is pretty much the worst thing you can do in Alakir, because according to Redguard religion and the will of Tawaka, I like saying Tawaka, 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 um, the dead are sacred and honorable, and they're your ancestors, so they wouldn't attack these uh, the zombies that are being raised by the necromancer because they, to them, that's their honored dead, and to attack. An ancestor like that is sacrilege, and it brings a curse upon them. It took forever for Thais to wrap her head around this one. I still don't have my head wrapped around it. If a zombie was attacking my child, no matter if it was a long-lost, super-dead king, I would be punching him in the eyeball. Like, that's just how it would be. Wow. Like, like, I'm not going to stand there and go, oh, no, it's totally cool. You can attack my kid. It's cool. You're, I didn't uh, like him anyway. An old dead he, He's thing. the Deltia. It's whatever. He's the Deltia of my children. Go ahead and eat him. <laughs> hey, what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> he's the oldest one. No one ever likes them anyway. That's fine. What? No, it's the middle ones. Oh, yeah, the middle ones are kind of... Eh. What about the, the only only child like me? Uh, see, they're they're already sad and broken on the inside. Oh. So we can we can try and keep them alive. Thanks, sweetheart. Here, you're you're welcome. Don't wow. you? <laughs> no. That offend that offended no one. No. <laughs> no one. That offended no one at all. Um, but yeah, so we actually had to go and fight our way. So we 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 apparently okay. So it's not good for them to do it, but as long as we do it because we're outsiders, I really kind of wonder if. I'm playing a Nord, and, and right now you're a Breton. I wonder if the text would have been different if we were Redguard. You know what I mean? What do you, like, what, the, the quest text? Yeah, because the quest text is different based on what race you are. That is true. For certain, for certain quests. So do you think if we were caught killing the zombies and we were a Redguard, the quest text would have been your... I'm just curious if they would have changed it if we were playing a red guard character. So anyone who goes and plays the Alakir desert as a red guard, let me know if it says anything different. Like if they say you're going to be cursed because to us, it was, you're not cursed if you do this because you're an outsider. 
I'm curious if they would say if another red guard is an outsider or if they're like, uh, you know. Um, but yeah, we actually went through. We cleared out all the zombies from Sentinel. It's kind of neat. And I guess they stole something called the Anze Wards, which allowed them to consecrate their dead from Tawaka. 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 I just love the Red Guard god names. Tawaka. I guess he's uh, equivalent to the Divine's RK. A little different, perhaps. Tawaka. No? I, I'm not ex entirely sure. I don't know much about Red Guard lore. I know he's the one who's supposed to... I think he is supposed to be RK, because he's the one who's supposed to ferry the souls of Red Guards to the far shores when they die. Um, so I think he is uh, the the Yakutan equivalent to RK. Um, but anyway, Tawaka. I just like saying Tawaka. <laughs> I'm going to try to fit it in as much as possible. Um, yeah, so we actually have to go and... There's a big conflict going on between the crowns and the forebearers, two different groups within Alakir society. And we have discovered that Ag is a crown and I am a forebear. Why am I a crown and you're a forebearer? Well, because you're you're all for their them being honorable and and like the religious aspect of them like not murdering the zombies. And I'm the one who's like I'm I'm okay with change and zombies are bad and. And so, yeah, that's... Yes. I see. <laughs> Party Freaking Pyro said the best thing. He's like, I won't be surprised if in a few weeks in the Tales section, we find out that Thais has started an RP guild for the promotion of the Argonian Master Race and the slaughter of all other lowly races. Probably. As of now, I mean... As we've been going through the story, she went from hating... Loving everyone except for Altmer and... <laughs> Argonians cause, and Khajiit. She hated those three but loved everyone else. And now the only one she really loves is Argonians. And every time we get to a new zone, like, these people are terrible. Well, he asked if I wanted to wish genocide on them too. And I said, no, I only wish that on the elves and the drug peddling cats and some of the orcs. <laughs> and maybe orcs a few are other cool. people. <laughs> I like the orcs. Yeah. And most of them I enjoy. That, I, that, that I, is true. I think every race other than the Altmer other than the Altmer, have something special about them that I think is kind of cool. Altmer are just deals. No, all of AD needs to be piled onto a boat. I like the Khajiit, though. Set out into though. the ocean and set on fire. You, well, you, well, haven't, you haven't met one of the cooler characters, the one Khajiit. What is his name? Raz uh, something or another? Razumdar, baby. Razumdar. <laughs> he is oh, apparently boy. the Khajiit version of, like, Jakarn. Oh, dude is a beast. He's he's a freak show. He's awesome. Yeah, like I hear a lot of good things about him as a character. Like that, he's kind of interesting. Um, I did. Like You'll love him. He's a hippie. He, he like tries to sacrifice himself all the time. You'll love him. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Oh, really great. Like now when we're doing the quest line, we're trying to hold them both back. Now, seriously, guys, there's <laughs> nothing wrong here. You don't have to fall on your swords. <laughs> it's gonna be suicide watch for both of them now. <laughs> <sighs> anyway, so we clear out the undead from the docks, and actually we do run into a Khajiit who is peddling skooma. Now what did, and pretty much, I let Thais take the reins on this. At first, I'm thinking, oh, this, this can't be that bad. You know, she came to this land, she's got a whole bunch of goods, maybe they just didn't understand, because she's like, I don't understand why they took it away. That's like what she said. And we're like, oh yeah, we'll totally help you. And then when we go to find her goods, we find out that she had brought skooma 
Which, you know, is an illegal drug substance. Oh, yeah, Miss Hippie. Pot <laughs> kettle, okay? That's all I'm going to say. Pot <laughs> kettle. But licking a history is totally different. It's she like... who lives in glass bowls shouldn't throw stones. <laughs> glass huts. No, glass bowls. Glass get bowls. It. Uh, uh, no. Uh, uh, uh. So when we found that out, like it was the option was do we either help her or do we like try and set her up, like frame her and get her sent to jail? My immediate response was we have to send her to jail. We can't let her sell all of her skooma to these, you know, nice red guards who have no idea what's really going on here. <laughs> now they know what they're doing. They're druggies. <laughs> they know what they're doing. <laughs> but we did. We put her in jail. Yeah, we did. Yep. I I, I uh bent to her will as most people say that's they assume that's what happens in this relationship i do ask for your opinion a lot sometimes so occasionally yeah but then Rarely. if i then if i do an opinion that she doesn't like she's like really is that what you're gonna do no that was just a test to see if you wanted it i obviously <laughs> meant the other one right yeah she's like, my yeah, wife I, does. I thought so like yeah obviously do sure. I, what do you want me to wear? This dress or this dress? That dress? Okay, I'm going to wear the other one. Why'd you ask me my opinion? Yeah. <laughs> That's how it goes. Yeah. So, now we, we put her in jail. And now, this is one of the cool parts as we're following the storyline, is because they stole these Ansi wards, which means they can't concentrate their dead anymore, so they can be raised uh, by necromancers, the King Faharajad, who apparently is a forebearer king, wants us to contact the Ashaba, which are a group of Red Guards that are kind of like outcasts because they are the undead hunters, those who have forsworn their traditions of the past, so they are exiled. However, apparently when things get rough, they're called in to fight undead necromancy. But the general populace hates them as a whole. And uh, calling upon them for help usually means that you're weak. The king did not want to do it. Yeah, but we went. Now, this is what was really kind of neat and uh, how I think it kind of fits into Deltia. Because we talk about, we get to go into a flashback to learn about the beginning of the Ashaba. And we take control of one of the crown princes of the original group of Red Guards that came to Tamriel during the Regatta. So we were fighting off the elves, and it was kind of neat. I love their armor, by the way. Like, their heavy armor and swords are so cool looking. What, or, uh, Thais, what do you think? I'm not into heavy armor. Uh, now, go ahead and tell the story about what we had to do in there when we saw the past in, in the beginning of it. So we went, we went into the past, and we're trying to take over this one ruin so we can make it our new home. Because the people really want, for some reason, they really wanted to live in the desert. I don't know why that would be appealing, but you know, to each their own. So we have to take over this ruin, and we're we're fighting back like hordes and hordes of of elves, and we finally get to where we need to go, and then we learn that the palace got broken into, and that something happened to the king. Well, we leave, we go to a secret passage, and we make our way back to where the king is, and then we find out that the king has died. And you're left with a choice. Do you tell your brother, who would follow your every whim, to go kill the king, who is now a zombie? 
or do you do it yourself? And I'm thinking, you know, if it was me, I would not want to put that on my brother. You know, he seems like a great guy. He'll be a great king someday. And so, like, you, you have to make this decision that it's, it is now your job to go against everything you've always been taught and to slay your now zombified father for, like, the good of your father. And then it was really sad, and I kind of cried, and... <laughs> really sad. And then you, you you leave the room and your brother's like, you know, oh, I wish I could remember the line, like, honor does not need to be spoken. Yeah. Something like that. Because yeah. your brother knows that you did the right thing. But then the vizier who's standing next to him is like, nope, 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 you gotta, you gotta leave. He knew it was exiled to do it. That's the, that's the thing. And I, I like it. And that you saw the beginning of the Ashaba. And now we're following along their footsteps, trying to hunt down the undead across Alakir. And that was our gameplay for this. We got quite a bit in because these kind of felt good for a change. Yeah. So we actually got a lot of questing in. So that was our gameplay for this week. We're going to move on to our next section, dramatic reading. Yay! Which we will be continuing with the series of books simply called Literature. Yeah, that's apples in there. Those apple cider that I didn't wash out well. Okay, thank you. Because right. I was really concerned because there was things floating in your cup. Yeah, it's apples. Okay. Anyway, literature. <laughs> and the book that she'll be reading is Myths of Sheogorath, Volume 2. Who doesn't love Sheogorath? Oh, I love Sheogorath. Take it away, Thais. Sheogorath invents music. In the earliest of days, in a time when the world was still raw, Sheogorath decided to walk amongst the mortals. He donned his guise of gentleman with a cane and moved from place to place without being recognized. After eleven days and eleven nights, Sheogorath decided that life among mortals was even more boring than his otherworldly existence. What can I do to make their lives more interesting? he said to himself. At the same moment, a young woman nearby commented wistfully to herself. The sounds of the birds are so beautiful. Sheogorath silently agreed with her. Mortals could not make the beautiful and inspired calls of birds. Their voices were wretched and mundane. He could not change the nature of mortals, for that was the purview of the other Dajic princes. However, he could give them tools to make beautiful sounds. Sheogorath took hold of the petulant woman and ripped her asunder. From her tendons, he made lutes. From her skull and arm bones, he made a drum. From her bones, he made flutes. He presented them. He presented these gifts to the mortals, and thus music was born. The Contest of Wills A mighty wizard named Ravat once walked the, wind, the winds of time to find Lord Sheogorath. His intent was to win a favor from his most capricious of the Dajic princes. Upon finding Sheogorath, Ravat spoke humbly to him. Lord Sheogorath, I beg a favor of you. I would gladly drive a thousand med mad, men mad in your name if you would but grant me the greater magical powers. Fortunately for Ravat, Sheogorath was in a playful mood. He proposed a game. I will grant your wish if you are still sane in three days. During that time, I will do my utmost to drive you mad. It shall be great fun. Ravat was not so certain that he liked this new deal. He had been really looking forward to driving a thousand men mad. 
Lord Jayagorath, I regret having disturbed you with my shallow, selfish request. I withdraw my unfortunate plea and will humbly leave this place. Shayagorath just laughed. Too late, mighty Ravat. The game is afoot and you must play. Ravat fled, only to find that all exits from the Dajic realm were now sealed. He wandered aimlessly, constantly looking over his shoulder, jumping at every noise. Each moment brought new terror as he waited for Shayagorath to begin. After three days, Ravat was convinced that every plant and animal was a tool of Shayagorath. He hadn't eaten or drunk for fear that Shayagorath had poisoned the food or drink. He hadn't slept for fear of Shayagorath invading his dreams, which was foolish, as dreams are the domain of Vermina. May she grant us restful sleep. It was then that Shayagorath appeared to him. Ravat cried out, you have set the whole world to watching me. Every creature and plant are doing your bidding to drive me mad. Shiagorath replied, Actually, I have done nothing. You have driven yourself mad with your fears. Your delusions prove that you are truly deranged, and therefore I win. While you wanted to make a thousand men mad, I only wanted to break one man's mind. Yours. From that day forward, Ravat served Shiagorath's every whim. Whenever daring travelers tried to approach Shayagorath, Ravat warns them, Shayagorath is already inside each of us. You have already lost. I liked your voice <laughs> that you did for Shayagorath. Well, I had to make him seem insane. Not a, not a very far throw for you, huh? <laughs> no, it really wasn't. It was kind of... Grab that pretty quickly. Yeah, I did. Yep. Did you rehearse that at all, or did you literally just pull that out? I just plucked it from somewhere. Ah, <laughs> huh. creepy. Good. I love Shayagorath. He's so fantastic. He's my favorite. There should be more. I I think I'm gonna like petition Zoss to bring Shayagorath into the game more often. It just because. All right, we're gonna move on to our next section, which is the add-on community spotlight. This week, I am going to feature an awesome ESO streamer, Doc Got Game. That's right. Uh, he's been streaming a crap ton of PvP in Cyrodiil, and it's actually really cool to watch. Um, so make sure you give him a follow. Uh, check out his PvP streams for ESO, because to be honest, I think we really need to support more of our ESO streamers. A lot of people check on Twitch for, you know, to kind of see if they want to look at a game or whatever. And there, sadly, there's not many ESO streamers out there. there. Not There are a few, but not that many. And he's just an awesome one that I, I was watching. And he, he's really good and makes it really entertaining. He's top-notch. Give him a follow. You know, plus he's Ebonheart Pack, so blood for the pact. Blood for the pact. That's right. Uh, I know he streams every day except for Monday, um, live at noon until 5 p.m., and then again at 6 till 10 all Eastern times. That's twitch.tv slash game. I know he streams some other games from time to time, but I know ESO is his current addiction, so definitely check him out. He, he's really, really good. He interacts with his audience. It, it, it's entertaining to watch. Check him out. All right, now we come to the part of the show for the Guild Corner. So for those of you who are interested in joining our our guild, Wings of Fate, which is uh, now our new community trading guild within the Elder Scrolls Online, we've been working on building up our trade post, and I know this week we won Windhelm. We're going for that again. 
Um, I've been loading Thais's guild store up because she won't do it. <laughs> I, I was kind of upset today. He went on my account this morning and he sold my stacks of vendor mats. Or, or, or no, let me let me rephrase. He put my stacks of vendor mats up on the guild store. Yeah. How am I supposed to make money now? Well, considering the fact you were just vendor trashing them, I figured we'd get a little bit more money if you put them on the guild store. But yeah, if you're interested, come out, help us out, and you know, if you want to sell some stuff, come join us and put your stuff out on the guild store. We'll be we'll be working on that to help the community earn some money, and you get to chat with all of us. It's a good time. Now, the second part of this is we also do a weekly raffle every week to help support the guild bank, where it's a thousand gold per ticket. You donate the thousand gold to the guild bank, send me a message or whatever, and we write down tickets. You can do it as many tickets as you want. And what we do is then we pick a random person, you know, random name off our little spreadsheet, and that person wins 30% of the total gold amount earned. Now, this week before the show left, we actually earned 50K. There's 50,000 gold that we earned this week alone, which is pretty good, actually. So we are going to pick one winner. We had a total of 50 entries, obviously. And as we face, you can see the spreadsheet right there. So I go off to MrRandom.org, put in our numbers, and generate. The winner is two. two. And that winner is... Now we're going to do that again because it's me and I don't want to win. Damn it, two again. <laughs> Okay, like seriously, guys, I don't want to win this. All right, oh, there we go. Forty-eight. Oh, better. better. Three times in, I normally won't pick it, but I don't want to win for the second time either. So I just do it. Maybe later. Forty-eight. Kilted Piper. Congrats, Kilted Piper. You will now win the thirty percent of the total gold cost. So congratulations, sir. I will send that off to you in game. All right. Yes, I didn't. I didn't want to win that. I mean, I, I do the tickets, but I, I don't want to win two in. Maybe later on I'll let myself win if I donate, but I didn't want to win. So, <laughs> all right. That's uh, the end of our show, guys. So, Thais, why don't you give us your final thoughts? I need to read more Shea Gorath books. And I really need to read The Lusty Argonian Maid. Lusty Argonian Maid? Yes. Really? Yes. Nice. And I see Party Pyro says hacks. It's only hacks because I won and I didn't want to win, so I re-rolled. <laughs> yeah, and you won twice. <laughs> I won twice in a row, and I don't want to win. <laughs> so we kept going until I got someone other than me. It was a great show. I, I of course, you know Joe Blackburn. Is that, is that what it yep. was? Okay, Joe Blackburn is amazing, totally adorable. Yep. Great okay. interview. It was fun. It was definitely fun. Deltia, good sir. Final thoughts for the show. Oh, what a great show. I mean, I really appreciate Zoss giving us this information and really interacting with the community. I mean, they do a great job for us uh, behind the scenes and in front of in front of everyone. So it's just really humbling that they took the time out to help us out. And so, you know, I'm going to continue to rock this game. I love it. I can't see myself playing anything else in the future. It's just coming. It's coming along together. It's It's great. I love it. I agree. I mean, I will say this is one of those things where I was definitely honored when they finally, you know, got to us and said, hey, we, we want to give you guys an interview. 
we jumped at the opportunity of this. We were so excited. So we want to thank all the people at Zoss for setting this up for us, for Joe for coming on, Jessica for putting up with Delty and I bombarding her constantly. Because um, we do. We bombard her a lot. So, I mean, she probably has us on, like, perma block now. Like, Oh, yeah. Yeah. We're blocked. Yeah, we're definitely blocked. All of all of our emails get filtered to spam. We send so much to her. So I still need to petition them for a race change. A race change. Yep. So yeah, petition. Hope... You're gonna have like people sign a document or something. A petition to sign yeah, a document hey, for a race that, change. If that could work, I would definitely like actually make a petition. Hey, you know where you, where you know where you can do that? The official Elder Scrolls forums because they read those oh. constantly. Gaming.com. No, not there. <laughs> they don't read that. Obviously, it wasn't on. Tamriel Town Crier before, so it was today, fool. It, oh, he called you a fool. fool. <laughs> yeah, that's only because he constantly bugged them until they put it on. Well, yeah, thirty emails later. <laughs> thirty <laughs> emails later. Thirty emails later, a restraining order and a perma spam or a spam filter. I got it on there. It's good. Hey, squeaky wheel gets to grease, right? That's right. Um, so yeah, it was a great show. Loved it. So much news coming out. Everything is. Update 6 is going to be amazing. So much cool stuff. So I do want to say thank you so much for listening to the podcast. If you wish to help support the podcast, you can you know feel free to donate via the PayPal link on the website. You can use the Amazon link for that as well. Go buy stuff. We get a little kickback from that. Or tell a friend about us. That's the best way. If you wish to contact us with questions, comments, criticisms, the website for the show is talesoftamriel.com, or you can email the show at podcast at talesoftamriel.com. You can follow the show on Twitter at talesoftamriel, Facebook at facebook.com slash podcast. Also, feel free to rate and subscribe to us via iTunes. And if you missed the live show or want to catch up on past broadcasts, or any of our YouTube exclusive content, which Delty and I both do now on both of our YouTube channels. You can subscribe to us at youtube.com slash Tales of Tamriel and youtube.com slash Gaming. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope you enjoyed this episode. Have a good night, everybody. Bye, gang. <laughs>